what's coming up now on Established in the Faith. Parents, it is not your responsibility to be a friend to your kids. It is your responsibility to be the parents and to set certain restrictions and restraints in place. What do you mean, Brother James? You better know what they're looking at on that cell phone. Hello, neighbor, and welcome today to Established in the Faith. This is Pastor James Pierce of Friendship, Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina, and how so very pleased and happy we are to be with you today. Got a great message lined up for you. Hope you can stay with us for the next 30 minutes. If not, let me encourage you to go over to establishedinthefaith.com. There you can listen to today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. Well, we're going to go on into the message now. Hope and pray it'll be a blessing to you. have your Bibles this morning, would you turn with me please to the 13th chapter of 2 Samuel. 2 Samuel chapter 13, beginning with the first verse. And it came to pass after this that Absalom, the son of David, had a fair sister whose name was Tamar. And Amnon, the son of David, loved her, and Amnon was so vexed that he fell sick for his sister Tamar, for she was a virgin. And Amnon thought it hard for him to do anything to her. I'm just going to stop right there this morning and use for a subject the story of Amnon and Tamar. In reading this chapter several times this week, I come to realize that this is another one of those chapters in the Bible where we wish we're not there. To be honest with you, I've read it several times and I didn't find anything in there that was edifying and uplifting. However, it is where we're at in our point of study, so therefore we have to deal with it and address it. This chapter right here begins the second of a fourfold judgment that came upon David as a result of the sin of adultery with Bathsheba and the death of her husband Uriah. When God sent Nathan the prophet to David and addressed this situation with David, David repented of his sin and God forgave him. But God said, The sword shall not depart from thine house. 2 Samuel 12, verse 10. He also said in verse 11, I will raise up evil against thee out of thine own house. When you read this chapter, you'll find that it is full of lust. It is full of planning, scheming, betrayal, lying, Rape, it's full of hate and unforgiveness, all of which ended in the murder of David's son, Amnon. When you read this, like I said, it's not a very pretty picture. It reminds us that all sin ends in death. 
Now, when you read and study David, the Bible bears it out that David did more good than he did bad. David was one of the mightiest warriors in all of Israeli history. David pushed the boundaries of Israel to the farthest extent of what God promised Abraham. On top of that, David was gifted in the art of music and singing. He wrote over half the Psalms, 11 of which he wrote right after this particular situation with Bathsheba. David is the only one in the Word of God where it is said that he is a man after God's own heart. David was a godly man, but yet his sins had such an influence on his children. It's amazing to me, despite the good things that you can do, people always remember the bad. It's easy to forget about the good things. They always want to zero in on the bad. But let me tell you something. When you repent, God forgets all about the bad. He takes it as far away from you as east is from the west. But none of this goodness of David transferred over into the lives of his kids. And let me just say this about that. God has no grandchildren. You have to develop and establish your own relationship with God. What mom and daddy had with God is not transferable to you. What gifts, talents, and abilities they may have, whatever anointing may have been on their life, does not mean that that transfers over to you. You've got to establish and have your own relationship with God. You've got your own sins to confess and accept Jesus Christ as your own personal Lord and Savior. And we find in David's life that he had many wives. David was smart enough, although he had all these wives, he kept them all separate from one another. They all had their own little house secluded from one another, and the children that he had with them would stay in that particular residence. And we find that Amnon was David's firstborn. He was the first one in line to take the throne of Israel, Amnon. At this particular time, he is somewhere around 22 years of age. David had another son whose name was Absalom. Absalom was with another one of David's wives. He was second in line to the throne. Absalom is somewhere around 20 years of age, and he had a sister whose name was Tamar, and she is around 15 years of age. And the Bible tells us that Amnon 
fell in love with his sister Tamar. Here we have a sin nature that is so out of control that this man wants to have incest with his sister. A thing which was forbidden in the 18th chapter of the book of Leviticus. If you do not allow the Holy Spirit to get control over the sin nature that every single one of us have, it will get so out of control. Many of you listening to me by radio this morning, you're in jail today because that sin nature was not under the control of the Holy Spirit. Well, how do I do that? You admit that you are a sinner. You believe in Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who He is and what He did on Calvary's cross to save you from your sin. You accept that. You believe that. Then you confess that to others. You confess it. Jesus said, if you deny me before men, then I will deny you before the Father. And if you will accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, that opens up the door for the Holy Spirit to come on the inside of you. It's what we call being born again. Born again of the Spirit. And the Holy Spirit comes inside and He binds up that sin nature to where it's not controlling you. But Amnon did not have the Holy Spirit binding up the sin nature. And he had this lust, this lust for his sister. And the Bible says that he thought it too hard for him to do anything to her. Tamar was secluded in another house with her mama and her brother Absalom. There were certain restrictions in place, certain restraints in place, that had not the parents placed those restrictions there, Amnon would have long since had his way with her. And let me just stop right here and deal with this for a few minutes. Parents, it is not your responsibility to be a friend to your kids. It is your responsibility to be the parents and to set certain restrictions and restraints in place. What do you mean, Brother James? You better know what they're looking at on that cell phone. You better know what they're looking at on the Internet. You better know where they're going. You better know who their friends are. Because Amnon had a friend. His name was Jonadab. Jonadab. He was David's brother's son. And the Bible says that he was a subtle man. 2 Samuel 13 verse 3. A very subtle man. Here this man is planning and scheming trying to figure out a way to get around the restraints that a parent has set in place to protect their children. A friend. Kids, listen to me. 
You don't need a friend like that. You don't need a friend that's going to try to help you get in trouble. And parents, that's why you need to know who your kids are hanging with. You need to know who their friends are. And, it, and, and let me tell you, if they're trying to help you get around the restrictions and the limitations that the parent has put in place, they're out to get you in trouble, and you don't need a friend like Jonadab. And so, Jonadab comes up with this plan and this scheme, knowing that it's going to cause hurt, trouble. And Amnon takes his advice. Bible said he made himself sick, laid down on the bed. Oh, I'm sick. I mean, he, he put on the dog now. He put on the airs. And when King David come into the room, he was laying there. Oh, I'm sick. I don't feel good. What can I do for you, son? Can I run to CVS and get you something, man? No, I just, maybe if you'll send Tamar over here to cook me some cornbread. I feel like maybe if I eat some of that, I'll feel better. So David didn't think no different, didn't think nothing about it. So he sends for Tamar to come over there to where Amnon's at. And the Bible says that while she was there, that he took advantage of Tamar with the restrictions gone all limitations removed Amnon took advantage of the situation again that's why you as parents you better make sure you've got certain limitations and restrictions in place cause if you don't there are people out here who will take advantage of your kids. It's happening every day. And Tamar said no. She found herself in a situation she didn't know what to, she didn't know how to deal with it. Other than to say no. This thing ought not to be done. You'll be considered as one of the foolish men in Israel if you do this thing. But Amnon, he ignored that. And when it was all said and done, the Bible says he hated her. He actually blamed her for what had just happened. Get out of here. I don't want you in here. And Tamar said, what? There, there's no cause. What you're doing is worse than the rape. To do this thing and then send me away, that's far worse. But Amnon would not listen. Called one of his servants in and had her removed from the room. And Tamar, let's look at Tamar for a moment something awful has just happened to her today chastity among women 
is nothing compared to what it was back in biblical times. It was, their chastity was everything, especially among the Jewish women. And here, she had been taken advantage of. There was no police department in order to file a report. Who was she to go to? What was she to do in this particular situation? The Bible tells us that the king's daughters, who were virgins, wore a special colorful garment. And Tamar was so distraught, she tore that garment, put ashes on her head, and went on crying with her hands on her head. That was her way of expressing what had happened to her. And if there happened to be one under the sound of my voice today who has gone through a rape situation, it has to be expressed. Someone has to know. You've got to talk about it. And today we have a police department in which you can go and report such, if for nothing else, but to stop that person from doing it again. Because if they are left alone and nothing is done, more than likely they're going to rape again. And Absalom, oh boy, he was furious. He was angry. Absalom, he... He held his peace. He tried to comfort Tamar, but all the time he was planning revenge. I'm going to get you back, buddy. He's after his pound of flesh. I'm going to make sure Amnon gets what's coming to him. How many of you have ever had that thought toward somebody else? Somebody's done you wrong? Come on now. We're all Christians. Somebody's done you wrong. Or they've done somebody in your family wrong. Oh, if I just... (laughs) Brother James, if those restrictions weren't there, I'd get my pound of flesh. Oh, come on now, I'm just telling you how it is. People do you wrong. Y'all looking at me like a bunch of angels with your wings a-sprouting. If you ain't never felt that way about somebody, then you ain't human and you ain't living in the real world. Because sooner or later, somebody's going to do you wrong. And you were right, but they did you wrong. And you want to get them back. Let me tell you what that is. The Bible's got a word for that. It's called unforgiveness. Unforgiveness. And the Bible says if you don't forgive, then God won't forgive. That's why when Jesus prayed, Lord, forgive us our 
debts as we forgive our debtors. God will forgive you of your sins as you forgive others who have sinned against you. Well, what's going to happen to Amnon? He deserves punishment. He deserves to go to jail. Who made Absalom the judge? Who made you the judge and the executioner? God said, vengeance is mine. You give that situation over to God and you let God deal with that situation. You forgive them and you let God deal with that situation. But for two years straight, Absalom is planning revenge. He's waiting for the perfect opportunity, the perfect chance. He gives two years enough time for things to settle down, for the heat to die down. And everybody's thinking that it's just water under the bridge. It's just, you know, let bygones be bygones. And we just... You know, this is not an issue anymore. And sheep shearing time comes around. And Absalom says, let's have a party. It's a time to celebrate. Goes to the king and says, David, y'all come on, and you and your sons, and I'll be there, and all the servants who've done the sheep shearing, we'll all come and sit down and have a, have a party together. David didn't want to do it, but the Bible says that Absalom pressed upon him. And David, after thinking about it, said, Well, you know, it'll be good for all the family to come together and be together. He said, I've got some other business to do, but I'll let the sons go ahead and get together. And after all, it's family. What could possibly go wrong when it's all family together time? And Absalom told his servants, When you see Abnon marry with wine, when he's drunk, and I give you the word, you smite him, kill him. And all of them are sitting around the table, they're just joking and carrying on. And, and when it was least expected... The servants get up, and they smite Amnon. They kill him right there in front of the other brothers. And if they want a door in that room, they made one. The Bible says every man got up and left. The Bible says that there was one of the servants... He was so scared, boy, he outrun all the rest of them. Got back to David, told David that all your sons is dead. You know, it's amazing to me how bad news travels faster than good news. Have you noticed that? Bad news always travels faster than good news. As soon as the servant seen the swords pulled out and what was about to happen, he took off running. Went to David, told David, said, oh, there was this big thing. All your sons is dead. 
But he found out later that was not the case. That it was only Amnon that had been killed. And Absalom, he took off. Went to Geshur for three years. But the Bible says that David, if you look there, verse 37, he mourned for his son every day. And in verse 39, the Bible says he longed to go forth unto Absalom. Like I said, this is not a very edifying chapter in the Bible, but there are some lessons here for us to learn. And this right here was the second of a fourfold judgment that came upon David as a result of his sin with Bathsheba and the murder of her husband Uriah. This judgment, this fourfold judgment came on David because he judged the story that Nathan the prophet told him. He said, the man that has done this thing is worthy of death and shall repay fourfold. You better mind how you point the finger at others and cast judgment. The Bible says the same judgment you meet, it shall be measured to you again. And friend, let me tell you something. When it comes to sin, you can ask God to forgive you, and, and, and God will forgive you. But there are always consequences to sin. If the program today has been a blessing to you and you would like to have a free CD copy of this message, just give us a call or text us at 252-299-4234. You can also go to establishedinthefaith.com. There you will find today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. But perhaps you need someone to just talk to or to just pray with you about something. Again, just give us a call at 252 252- Two nine nine four two three four. This program is an outreach ministry of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. As well, depends on the prayerful and generous financial support of listeners like you. To contact us or to contribute to this ministry, go to establishedinthefaith.com. Click on the Donate tab. It's easy and all donations are safe and secure through PayPal. You can also mail us at Established in the Faith, P.O. Box 601, Bailey, North Carolina, 27807. We look forward to hearing from you. I'm Haven. And I'm Juliana. And you've been listening to Established in the Faith with our dad, James Pierce. He's the pastor of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. We have Sunday school every Sunday morning at 945 and worship service at 11, as well as prayer meeting and Bible study every Wednesday night at 730. Go to establishinthefaith.com and click on the events tab for gospel singings and other special services. That's right, Jules. And the church is located at 744 Friendship Church Road in Middlesex, North Carolina, near the EMET community. On the website, if you click on the Contact Us tab, Google Maps will bring you right to us. We would love to have you, and we hope to see you there. And we hope today's program has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening, and God bless you. (music) 